Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Drewski from Cryptid Warfare. First of all, I just want to say my condolences to the family, uh, to the Godfrey family. Uh, if you all don't know, um, Linda Godfrey, uh, she passed away last week. Um, but yeah, she was uh, the tip of the spear when it came to Dogman and Michigan Dogman. Um, she's the one who laid the foundation. She's a patriarch when it, in the cryptid world when it comes to Dogman. Um, I just want to send my condolences and prayers to her, uh, to the family, the Godfrey family, and um, and all you guys out there who are in the cryptid world who hunt and who uh, who research this stuff. So um, may she may she forever rest in peace, and we will see her again. But anyways, um, yeah, this episode is dedicated to her, Linda Godfrey. What's up, everybody? I'm Zook. Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm Drewski. Hey, don't touch that. Don't touch that. Welcome to Cryptid Warfare. <laughs> And if you have a story or encounter, shoot us an email or a detailed voice message to cryptidwarfare at gmail.com. That's C-R-Y-T-T-I-D-W-A-R-F-A-R-E at gmail.com. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Drewski. And this is Zook. We are live. Guys, <laughs> you have, hey, we got a good podcast for y'all. We got the man, the myth, the legend, Nick Valente from North American Dogman Project. Brother, thanks for coming on, man. Hey, my pleasure, guys. Yeah, Great to be here. All right. Well, Nick, it's a uh, it's quite a big topic when it when it comes to Bigfoot, other cryptids, and uh, Dogman. That is that's a whole different animal, brother. Oh, it truly is. There truly uh, is. I got a lot of people out there calling in on a weekly basis, you know, writing yeah. to me. It's just like it, it's going to be coming out soon. I think the government's going to finally come out with it. Yeah, I hope so, man. I hope so. You know, especially with all like the missing people and all that and all these attacks and stuff going on. Yeah, man, those four one ones, dude. It's just so weird. A lot of it yeah. you can't really explain. And then he, even uh, Drewski's one of his friends out out west just saw something he couldn't really explain, like an animal man beast. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And 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 yeah, and the list goes on. But it's so weird when people find out even that this is true. They're so dumb. Like, I mean that by definition. And out of, I guess some some respect for them, but they'll go out like with, with a couple friends, drink a few beers just to go find this thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, man. <laughs> I don't know. It's funny. just so weird. And then that's when they realize how real it is, but they won't live to tell the tale. At least. Uh, Twenty how billion. They find one. No. Um. I was talking to my, I co-host the show every Sunday with uh, Jeremiah Fountain, and yeah. he was contacted today by this individual that said, yeah, we should go out there and uh, hunt him down and uh, shoot him with a tranquilizer gun. And Negative. Jeremiah's like, "Are you? do you know what you're talking about? Negative. And uh, I don't think they do. I mean, when we're talking about a seven foot, six inch creature, 650 pounds. Uh, looks even more terrifying than a grizzly bear, mm. and it's moving faster than a grizzly bear, left, right, and forward. And you're going to shoot it with a tranquilizer dart? Do you even know how much it weighs in yep. order to let the tranquilizer take effect? And then Jeremiah said, Well, how close do you want to shoot it from? And they said, Oh, about 20 feet. Really? Huh. I could I could go from 22 feet right to be on top of you in two seconds. That's oh, me yeah. just being a human. How high those suckers jump. 
Oh like, yeah, it's exactly. ridiculous. Well, not only that too, you know, you're dealing with the alpha predator and anyone who's a who's a shooter out there, you know <laughs> how they do those stress tests. Like 20 Ooh. feet, man, you can cover that quick. Well, it's it's a known fact in in the police circles. 22 feet in two seconds. Yep. Uh, many a cop has been killed by a knife wielding assailant who was about that close. Yeah, and, I hear you. Uh, you know, I, it's, I know. I definitely know. I'm prior law enforcement, so I know all about that. Yeah, I remember on Tony Merkel's uh, show, um, there was uh, he interviewed somebody, and she, uh, I guess, was in forensics. Um, yeah. But yeah, she uh, took apart. I guess you can say took apart Dogman or Sasquatch, and just th- th- their build is just completely different. Like their bones are stupid thick. Like the best place to probably kill them would be either. In the growing, or how you do that, I guess, um, or shoot them right in the eye. Well, you, you'd have to shoot for the face area. Yeah. I mean, their bones are probably about three to four inches thick. Uh, you could just imagine what the chest cavity is like, uh, the muscle. I mean, if you look at a, a grizzly bear, for instance, you've got six inches of muscle, and on top of that, you've got six inches oh. of fat. Yeah. And then underneath that, the bone, I mean, all you have to do is go to a museum and see what the bone structure of a bear is. And it's phenomenal. So you can imagine what like a, uh, a Sasquatch 10 foot Sasquatch would be like, or, you know, seven and a half foot, uh, dog man, same thing. The yeah, bones are immensely. And you know what people say? Oh yeah. I shoot them here. Shoot them there. Well, most people shoot out a paper target while they're stationary and the paper target stationary. <laughs> Try shooting at something that's moving. Yep. And uh, try and, uh, moving and shooting at something that's moving. I mean, that's even harder. And that's what I've trained at shooting while I am moving and the target's moving. And it takes a, a lot of practice and a lot of skill to be able to do that. And yeah. most of these people, I don't think they know what they're talking about half the time. Yeah, Roger that. I hear you on that one. Hey, Nick, um, why don't you give us just like a little bit like brief description on how you got into this? Oh, boy, I started in the paranormal, you know, ghosts and spirits and haunted houses and stuff like that. I started at that when I was like 11. Yeah. And uh, my mom had told me a couple stories that that she had happened to her. Uh, She had seen a a next door neighbor who had passed away, an older lady. And uh, when my grandmother had taken her to the uh, graveyard uh, cemetery where the lady was buried, but my grandmother was there to pay uh, homage to other people too, and visit their grave sites. But my mother bent down to pick a little flower up. Now, mind you, she was seven years old. Yeah. And uh, this lady's spirit appeared to her and stopped her from picking the flowers that were on her grave. And uh, this not only happened once, but it happened a second time when she was 10 in the same place, no less. Uh, she told me about that and it kind of piqued my interest. I, I remember I was 11 years old. And uh, we went to a library and I took some books out on ghosts and spirits and uh, ghost hunters. And I started doing that and I got talked to some friends of mine and we got a little group going. And I was doing that for, oh God, many, many, many years yeah. uh, up till I was about 17. Uh, in high school, we had two different groups yeah, we used to go to haunted houses and the like, but like today, I guess I got back into it back then, but like today, I, I'm out there to prove or disprove. 
Yes. And I've disproven all of it in the paranormal. When when I went to places that were supposedly haunted, uh, there was a graveyard they said you could not cross at 12 midnight. I crossed it. I went from east to west. Nothing happened to me. You know, it was real calm. <laughs> Actually, it was a non-threatening place. Yeah, that's no problem. <laughs> yeah, it's all dead people in there. I mean, there was no gowls or ghouls or whatever they call them or no spirits running around, no werewolves, no nothing. But yeah. I mean, I've went to ha haunted houses with cold spots and I've proven why there were cold spots. I've stayed in haunted houses, you know, with my group overnight. We've had, at the time, we had whatever electronic gear we could get. Didn't really pick much up. Uh, what we did pick up was uh, shortwave and ham radio interference. Yeah. You know, people said I hear noises. But anyway, after 17, 17. Uh, uh, you know, I moved I on and I, I started reading books on the Yeti. Uh, I heard about Sasquatch. I picked up something on that. Um, the, uh, of course the Loch Ness monster, that's always a big thing and just several other cryptids throughout the world. And I mean, it kind of piqued my interest, uh, did not know about the dog man at the time. I did know about vampires and werewolves and, and whatnot, you know, Frankenstein. I mean, of course I read all the books and, uh, did as much, uh, investigating into it as possible. Did my research, uh, started you know keeping notebooks on things like that went to places where i was told they had these certain animals you know where they saw a sasquatch or bigfoot yeah you know, canada canada they call it sasquatch here we call them bigfoot i guess it's a interchangeable uh word name for yeah. it uh never never in all the time that i've been searching and i've been north south east and west in the united states have i ever seen a bigfoot uh, I've seen their teepees. I've heard the wood knocks. I've heard the, the, uh, the howls at nighttime. I, I've been up in Washington state, Oregon, out in California in search of Bigfoot, never found one. Um, went out there with some big Bigfoot researchers. Like I said, we heard the noises, you know, the, the tree knocks and all that never, ever came across one. However, I've been over the border into Mexico years ago. Uh, in search of the chubacabra, I've been. I live in New Jersey. Uh, Jersey. I started, I started doing boots on the ground for for the longest time, and in New Jersey we got the Jersey Devil. Uh, we also have Dogman in New Jersey, believe it or not. Oh I yeah. Haven't, heard, haven't yeah. had any Sasquatch reports though. What about the Jersey Devil? So, because I've heard so many different stories about like the witch having sex with, I guess, a, a demon or something related to witchcraft. Um, I don't know, since you're a local, I guess, to that area. Well, it's the Leeds, uh, Mother Leeds, they call her. And uh, when she found out she was pregnant with the 13th child, she cursed it. And um, when it came out, supposedly it, uh, you know, after the third day, it sprung wings out and uh, went out the chimney and then just haunted the Pine Barrens in New Jersey for the longest time. But that's also something that I've, have researched for over six years with the team because when you're going into pine barrens it's a it's a nasty place and uh I, I've, I've gotten i'm sorry for those who don't know what pine barrens is how would you explain it to them well it's like a forest area only uh it's got a lot of uh waterways going through it uh 
the trees aren't as healthy as your normal forest. Uh, it's just, it's just a tangle of, of bushes and, uh, you've got maybe, uh, three foot waterways. You've got, uh, five inch waterways, you know, that you're going to go through uh, a lot of mud, a lot of grime. It's a, it's a nasty area. It's, I, I suppose it was used by chemical companies to dump chemicals in way, way back when, you know, in the forties, fifties and sixties. I uh, suppose it was used by gangsters yeah. of people, you know, that they didn't want. Um, but supposedly the Jersey devil haunted the, the pine barrens. And uh, what we found one day, well, actually he found us a gentleman who owned quite a few acres of property over there. And he saw seven of us out there and uh, camouflage garb. And we're walking around through the pine barrens. He asked us, what are you guys doing out here? I suppose you were on his property. And I, I told him, I said, we're cryptozoologists. We're field research. And I told him we were looking for the Jersey devil. He goes, ah, I've got something I want you to see then. Mm. And, um, you know, we were talking to him about what we do. I told him we travel all over the place, you know, when we can in, in, in our pack of seven. And it's for our protection. Mm -hmm. I told him we don't hunt. We just try to protect ourselves. And uh, he said he had something and he engaged me in conversation about what he had. And we were walking with him to one of his barns and inside his barn, he had a large freezer, uh, not a stand up freezer, but, you know, left to right on the yeah, ground freezer yeah. where you would keep meat. And inside he had a, uh, a dead body of a creature Nice. And, uh, being into you know, the research that I'm in and also being into the field investigation that I'm in, I took to zoology, you know, like a duck to water. I mean, I've been studying zoology. I've got a bachelor's in it, got a yeah. master's degree that I had just finished up last year and I'd like to get a doctor in it, doctorate in it, you know, this, because I always say you got to know what you're looking at, you know, in the yeah. animal kingdom before you can actually say something's a cryptid. But anyway, what he showed us turned out to me, I, I identified it as a horse bat and okay. horse bats can go anywhere from, oh gosh, 12 inches to about three and a half feet tall. Uh, the internet has a real good one of a gentleman holding it by the scruff. This one's about three plus feet long. It has the, the face of a horse. It has the feet, uh, feet of a bat, uh, you know, skinny feet and it has wings. And yeah. it looked just like what they were describing as a Jersey devil. Uh, so like I said, once again, I'm in it to prove or to disprove. And, uh, you know, and he was asking me questions about how, uh, you know, he could sell this thing. He'd like to get like 200,000 for it. Uh, <laughs> you know, the body, uh, because he had heard stories and unfortunately for him, the stories were true back in the forties, fifties and sixties, uh, traveling circuses. You know, yeah. they would have freak shows and stuff like that and, and things for people to look at and they charge them admission. And there really aren't any more traveling circuses out there for you to sell something to. Yeah, none of the hardly those anymore. No, <laughs> and and if he um he wanted to sell it to the Smithsonian, they'd probably give him a quarter for it, you know, because <laughs> I guess they can get horse bats anyplace, really. Yeah, good old Smithsonian. <laughs> yeah. But it's a yeah, it's a wonderful place to it's a wonderful place to look also South Jersey, because yeah. I have a couple of members uh, from the NADP 
Region 3 that live in South Jersey. In fact, um, Kelly Vaughn, she was my first member ever, and she lives down in South Jersey, and she's had three experiences with uh, dogman sightings down there. Um, one that she's seen, one that her daughter has seen, and one that uh, a friend of theirs, a very good friend of hers, had a, you know, an encounter. And um, so, I mean, we have it down there. I, I also had a, um, a former neighbor that lived about 900 feet from where I am, but her house jutted up into a state forest. And she actually took a couple of pictures, but it scared her so much that she moved. She okay. moved within a week. She moved to Florida. Wow. And that was it. She <laughs> promised me. She promised. She showed me the picture she took. She took two pictures. Yeah. Accidentally, by the way, she was flashing her flash at this thing in order to get her dog to come back to her and go into the house. And she was running to the house, you know, the back door. And she figured if she flashed it, maybe it would freeze it long enough to give her a chance to get back in the house. She actually took two pictures of the head and a little bit of the top chest. She showed them to me and promised to give them to me, you know, send them to my phone. Yeah. And when I tried to get them after she had calmed down, uh, her brother answered the phone and he told me, don't call anymore. Don't talk about the subject to anybody about what she saw or we will sue you. I wonder if they had anybody come visit them. Uh, I don't know who they had come visit, but. All I know is she was part of the political scene uh, in the county that I live. And you can imagine, yeah. you know, so you're, you're saying, oh, I saw a cryptid. I saw a yep. Bigfoot. I saw a dog man. Oh, this lady's crazy. She's not working for us anymore. Yep. All that backlash. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah, I mean, you know, even to this day, people are afraid of what's going to happen. But long story short, she moved to Florida and I never got those pictures. And she promised me. She swore up and down. I'll give them to you. I got, we got to find out what this is. This is horrible. <laughs> okay. You know, she, her dog was running into the backyard to go pee. And this thing comes, just steps right out and looks at it. And the dog comes back at her and runs towards the house. And she flashes it and goes in the house. She had a, she had a shotgun. Um, she was originally from out West and her father taught her how to use a gun. Yeah. And she had one too. <laughs> So but <laughs> yes. she knew she knew me, you know, from my from my background and from talking and, you know, I used to help people in my neighborhood shovel uh, the snow in the wintertime. And I, you know, I'm, I guess I'm pretty well known around here. And she gave yeah. me a call, had me come over, but I never got those pictures. I wish I would have gotten those. That man, would have been something to be able to post. Yeah, totally. Man. Definitely on that, man. Have, have, yeah, I'll tell you. Podcast or uh, YouTube channel, Dark Waters. Yeah, he does. Oh, he knows it. Josh, I'm pretty sure. I know Dark Waters. Yeah. Oh man, so I, I know how he became a believer is definitely uh, by seeing them. But he said he believes there are different types. Like there's a genetically altered one that always it's it's like the, the massive ones that are like about eight foot tall. Um, and you have like the normal ones, you know, the ones that people mute, mutate into. I forgot. Is it lichen, or is that? I oh do. yeah, like the lichen. Or is the lichen the one that is always a werewolf, or is it a? Uh... And then a werewolf is the one that shifts into an actual wolf. Yeah. Okay. I think that's the same name for a werewolf, lichen werewolf. They both shift. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm less a believer of werewolves and lichens, and I'm more of a believer of something that is 
the same thing. I'm I'm a believer that a dog man is a dog man all the time. Yeah. Uh, there are people out there with a skin disease where their hair grows all over. I mean, yep. all like over. Circus guys that jump on trampolines. Bombs, everything. Um, I've read about that. And I am a 14 researcher, which means not only internet research, but books, you know, going to libraries, buying things off the internet. And, and I've read numerous, numerous stories of people with that type of a disease. I mean, their hands actually have hair on them. Yeah. I mean, that's how bad it is for them. Dang. Now, a dog man is, plus they're not as tall as a dog man. They're maybe, uh, you know, from what I understand, when they're supposedly changing, they might gain an inch in height, but yeah. they're the same. A dog man is a dog man, and they're generally the grown-up ones now. Because, mind you, you do have the female ones, and you do have the, uh, the juveniles uh, that are spotted. And guys, by this time, I've I've taken. I mean, I was looking through some of my my books and everything because I take notes, handwritten notes and notebooks. I've taken well over two thousand reports on dogman sightings and encounters, and generally, they've seen juveniles. Juveniles are about six feet tall, you know. I guess still growing, but the adults are in the seven foot range, and they're never eight foot, nine feet, ten foot, nothing like that. Yeah. Um, just to give you an example of a, a call that we got a couple weeks ago, Jeremiah F uh, Fountain and I were both on the call with this guy, and um, he was claiming that he had where he worked in California at an airport. He was claiming that there were groups of fifty and sixty dogmen running in packs of fifty and sixty. And they were eight feet tall ones. There were some 12 feet tall ones. I don't believe that. I don't believe because after going well over 2,000 reports, speaking to people uh, the way you and I are speaking right now, you know, face-to-face -face on a video call or face-to-face -face in person, I will travel yeah. if I feel it's, you know, a good enough report. But generally, I'll speak to them on the phone because I want to get a feel for them. This guy was lying. He was trying to get his 15 minutes of fame. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I, I could tell right away. I mean, come on. Yeah, well, like pack wolves and stuff like that. I mean, they've never in like a group of eighty or something like that. Like, I would think maybe like ten to fifteen max, maybe. I mean, max, max. I mean, generally you're gonna have like uh, five to seven. You know, like a family size. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, and then the guy would break out in uh, fake crying and like, oh, oh, <laughs> and then suddenly he's he's normal. I mean, he yeah. did this a few times. What I did was I taped it, and Jeremiah taped it also, the, his voice, and I brought it to work because we have stress analyzers at work, you know, voice analyzers. Oh, yeah. Okay. And uh, we ran it through that, and the uh, professional who ran my taping of this guy said that he was lying practically every other sentence. Yeah. So it's like, seriously? Come on, guy. You know, don't call us up and try to fool us because we've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, I mean, many of us have had uh, experiences where, you know, we had an encounter. Uh, Jeremiah, for instance, had uh, several encounters with uh, Bigfoot. And you're not going to fool him when you're trying to tell him something about, you know, a Bigfoot encounter. And the same with myself. I mean, I've had an encounter and I've had two other sightings. Now, there's a difference between a sighting and an encounter. Encounter is like 
you're standing there and it's standing there and you're you know you're watching each other yeah uh that's an encounter a sighting is it ran from one cornfield across the road to the next i get a lot of those a lot of those and um the descriptions of them uh come through as a uh, variant type one variant type threes um sometimes I, I i you probably can get this off the internet uh i've got a very poor picture here i guess my printer didn't print it up right but the canine variant uh four is the big one i mean it's super muscular yeah, I mean, it's it's like bulky. yeah. you think that's like related to the military I don't think so. I don't think yeah. our government is, you know, I'm, I've been asked that question many times and I have ins, ins into the government. I had it before because I worked for them. I have a retirement from them. Yeah. And I still have people that work for the government. And no, I don't think they're genetically modified uh, experiments that the government is making super soldiers. I absolutely do not believe that we're doing that. Yeah, I, I guess on that note, like uh, this is one of those college things I was about to do, but but a buddy of ours, uh, we're eventually going to have him on the podcast. He does a lot of like deep research, and he's the one we went on our first uh, Sasquatch hunt with, which we heard tree knocks um, the next day. And then uh, we also saw the um, what do you call it? Like like the little tents uh, made out of wood. Yeah, um, little teepees, right? Because, yeah. Um, and what else was it? Um, yeah, and it was dead, dead quiet. Like wh whenever we were walking late at night out in the woods, I'm trying to think because there was something else. Oh yeah, and then yeah, and my buddy Drewski, like luckily he was there with me. That that infrasound stuff, like it started to lure me. Like I don't know, it was it was a really weird curiosity. Like I just caught myself just moving, and I, it's almost like I didn't have any control. Like I was a uh, hypnotized in a way, but I don't know. It was a a very 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 interesting experience, but. But that friend also, he researched this facility like out west in Mexico, and he said that they um, – we were literally like – this is going to be like one of my uh, college trips. We're just going to go out there for the summer for like a week. Right. Econ. I mean I, I, I was an idiot. Like if I – like it never happened, thankfully. But um, yeah, he said, no, they, they get like inmates and stuff who nobody really cares about, and they'll go out there, they'll experiment on them and try to create some sort of hybrid. I'm like – I have no doubt that like, that stuff, you know, because we have crazy scientists and stuff like that. Um out there but i i don't know uh how that would actually work because we're completely different species but also the thing um, i've i've noticed too like back um basically like back when i lived in colorado i was actually in law enforcement we had a a convict escape and we had this prison that was backed up against the mountains in canyon city well we had to go help the escape team get this guy so we were like basically we were like the weapon systems, you know, while these while these guys tracked him. Well, we found him, and he was freaking out, stating that, hey, I've been hearing things, I've been seeing things, you guys got to get me out of here. So the guy from the escape team, you know, we, we got him, we actually restrained him. We were running kind of like a diamond formation, taking point, two sides, the guy in the back, and the guy, um, um, basically the guy in the escape team had him restrained, and we're just walking, and he kept saying, move fast let's go let's go let's go let's go so the guy for the escape team knew something but he wouldn't tell us but all he kept telling us was guys on the sides every now and then point your guns up at the trees just point your guns up at the trees every like go high go high look high and andrew you just keep andrew andrew you just keep just running point and the guy in the back look look behind you look behind you and then as we we're going we we're probably about like two clicks out we just kept radioing about every 15 minutes hey we're closer 
hey, we're closer. And then when we got there, we locked them up, and then basically they just basically they just took him out, took him off uh, to the prison he was actually supposed to be at. And then we just packed our gear, and then I asked that guy, I was like, hey, question, what the heck was that all about? You wanted us every now and then just to point up at the trees. He's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's something I teach people when they go out into the woods, into the forest areas, is to look up. Yeah, it's something you should do in your everyday life anyway. Oh, People yeah. look down too much. They're always looking down at well, the especially especially now with these cell phones. Everybody oh yeah, looking down. down at their cell phones. Your that. your situational awareness is shot. Yep. You know when I'm out there in a forest area, and like I've said many a time, I don't just go out a hundred feet, a quarter mile into a forest area. My team goes five, six, seven, sometimes further into a forest area. And we're in areas that are 100, 120 square miles worth of forest area. Uh, we have certain pieces of equipment just in case something happens. Yeah. You know, like the Garmin Mini. And now they got the Garmin Mini 2 that just came out. It's even better. <coughs> you know, because if something happens, you break a leg or you get bit by a snake or something. I mean, you have to get out of there. Yeah, hit that you panic know? button. comes a cavalry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people people just don't understand, and you know, you might run out of food, might run out of water. You got to get back. Yeah, you never you know. know. Back to civilization, and I it, I just have to laugh sometimes. People tell me how they go into the forest and do boots on a gra ground field researching for cryptids. It's like, okay, uh, so you find a cryptid or it finds you. What is your game plan? Tell me. I really <laughs> want to know. You always have a plan A, but they never have a plan B, plan C, plan D. And so on. I mean, you're walking out there and a mountain lion comes upon you. <laughs> okay. Or okay. a black bear comes upon you and its cubs are behind it and it is pissed. Yep. You know, what are you going to, or a coyote, for crying out loud, a coyote, people got to understand, coyotes will attack humans. You might be able to scare off a black bear, but not a coyote. Coyotes are not, you know, especially if there's like five of them. Yeah, oh, cool. they're gonna they're gonna hunt you down until until they can find a way to attack you. Yeah, they're where you uh, at. You you really need to go out there with uh, precautions set, and like you said, a plan A, B, C, and D, and and so on. Just in case this doesn't happen, you can do this. Uh, it's it's not as the people that have been researching, I understand they they go maybe a hundred feet into a forest and that's it. Yeah. yeah, that's basically it. Oh, we didn't find anything. <laughs> of course, you're not going to find anything. Go deeper into that forest and stay there at nighttime. See what happens. Oh yeah. Well, also too, like not only that too, like a lot of people who do this, I'm like, man, you're really not thinking about, you're really not thinking about like your weight. You know, I'm not saying, but I'm I'm just gonna be brutally honest. Like a lot of these people who do that, they're overweight. Yeah. You know, a lot of them don't PT, they don't work out, you know, and yeah, it's just, you know, a lot, just all everything, you know, weapon systems, learn med kit, all this stuff and just being in decent shape. You know, it's going to, it's definitely going to hinder you if you, you come across something and you're out of shape. Oh, well, you know what? Say <laughs> they decide to go into the forest and they walk for two yep. hours. I think about coming back. Five miles. Now they're beat. Yep. They're really dead tired. Now you got to walk five miles out of the forest. Yep. And walking in a forest isn't like walking in your neighborhood, which has flat streets. 
you've got to pick your feet up and go over rocks and, you know, logs that have and, and stuff like that, uh, fallen branches. Your feet are going to get caught on vines. You might trip. You might have to go uh, through a stream. You know, there's, there's a lot of st stuff involved when you're going through a forest area and people just don't understand that. Uh, like I said, you, you not only have the cryptids out there to be worried about, but you do have animals. Yeah. You got spiders that are big. If you get bit by a spider, you may, you may not get killed. You may not die from the spider bite, but it could get you sick and right. it could rot the skin where it bit you. I mean, you know, do you know first aid, you know, take care of something like that. I don't know. <laughs> people have to use common sense. Oh, I agree. There's been a, I've met a lot of people probably basically like training them through weapon systems and stuff like that. And I've always told them, look, you also got to know your, your medical too. Like, you know, how the heck do you apply a tourniquet? How do you do it? How do you, how, how you do like an, how you do like an Israeli bandage? Do you know how to use quick clot? Stuff like that. You know, you know, one thing you got to know the other as well. Sucking chest wound, you know, you got to leave yeah. part of it open here and you got to do it the other side. Yep. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things to to know if you're going to go deep in the forest. Like I said, if you're only going to go 100, maybe maybe a football field's length into a forest area, okay, you're good, yeah. you're it's fine. But no, no, if you're if you're really serious about it, you really have to prepare. Yeah. And you know, there's <laughs> there's no substitution for preparing properly. I hear you, man. Luck favors the prepared, as they say. Um, all right. Question. What was the first encounter you've had of a dog man? What happened? I, I didn't even know what a dog man was at the time. I was coming back from work. We had just run, uh, oh God, over 16 hours of training. Uh, twice a year we do that for qualifications. I was dog tired. I wanted to go home. It was about 1130 at night. I'm coming on Route 22 West. I decide to go over the mountain instead of following the highway and circling around. I figure it would save me a good 20, 22 minutes. And uh, I went into, uh, it was September 13th, 2013. Uh, as nights go, it was dark. Uh, the area was pretty dark, but uh, up in Wachung Reservation at the top of the mountain, which is what I had across, there's an oval and you got to go around that oval in that order to get out of the park and go into the street that crosses the rest of the mountain. Uh, I had my Jeep with about oh, half a million candle power. That's what we called it back then of, of lights, you know, Casey highlighters. Oh yeah. The Casey Highline lights. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually had the ones with the auto flip. I had covers on them. You hit a button and it flips the covers up. Ah, doesn't, flip them, doesn't flip them back down, but it flipped them up. Yeah. And then, and then you hit another button and it hits the lights, right? So I was lighting it up up there. They, they don't have very many lights up there to this day. But it's a nice area during the daytime. People go there for picnics and baseball games and kids play on the, the swings in the center of it. It's a former Lenape Native American Indian area. Watch on reservation. Yeah. Uh, but it's a nice little park area these days. Uh, they've got a lot of forest area. They actually have a water area over there, a, a stream. But anyway, I was going around it, and my lights picked up a, a flash. And it was like a red flash. It flashed off of a reflector. 
uh, reflector that would be on a bicycle. And there shouldn't be any bicycles up there at that time of the night. I mean, I know the area. I've been going to the area since I was a kid. Uh, I know the area super well. And where this reflection came, there shouldn't have been a reflection. So I drove around a little bit more. And I see a bicycle. And back of the bicycle, there was a reflector on the fender. And right next to that bicycle was a very large black. Uh, uh, the only thing I can say is black creature because yeah. it was the bicycle was chained up to a stop sign. And I'm putting two and two together saying I'm, there must be a kid near that bicycle because look at this large creature next to it. I'm figuring it's a bear. And I saw this motion from down here up to its face and then back down. And I'm saying, oh, God, what's going on here? Being a former in law enforcement, you know how we think. You got to protect human life. Yep. So I pulled to within about 30 feet. And I'm totally lighting this thing up with all half a million candle power that I had. Everything. And what I saw was something I've never seen before in my life. We don't have grizzly bears here. You know, this thing, we got black bear, but black bear is six feet tall. This thing was not brown. It was black and it was had hair and it was on two feet standing up in its right claw because the right side of it was facing me. It had something that was dripping and it was biting on it. And I was able later, after I got out of my vehicle, I was able to ascertain that it was a piece of a deer. Uh, okay. And while I was watching, it came back up to its mouth and took a bite. I'm 30 feet away from this thing. I've got a Glock 10 millimeter in my right hand. I've got bear spray in my left hand. And I'm standing outside my Jeep looking at this thing. It never looked at me. Never once. <laughs> the face face was a uh, medium type snout and it looked like a wolf to me it had ears uh it had claws because it was dug in into that deer piece of deer meat yeah. but it was near the bicycle that was chained to a uh, stop sign post and uh i'm looking at this thing and it wasn't a, a 10 20 second encounter it was little bit over a minute i would say a minute and six minute and ten seconds Man. it ignored me guys this is an apex predator yeah he wasn't even threatened he's like yeah it, 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 like, it cared nothing about me i'm standing out there looking at this thing trying to figure out what's going on maybe maybe there is still a child there maybe there's an adult around because the bicycle shouldn't have been there yeah you know a kid drives the bicycle there to the park or the parents take it to the park and Kid's going to drive it home. You're not going to leave it there. I don't know what happened, but all I know is after that time period elapsed, it walked off. Now, I know many people out there in the cryptozoology community will say, you know, a dogman is spiritual or it's this or that or it's interdimensional. Well, if it is, then it needs to eat because it was eating something. Um, it needs to take a bath because it smelled. It smelled of urine and blood to me. Yeah. Uh, and it made noise. It it stepped over the, the leaves and, and the twigs and other pieces of wood. I could hear it. So to me, that's a that's a real thing. 
You know, it's it's real to me. That's a real live creature. Yeah, real flesh and blood, yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> it walked off without ever looking at me, and I just felt like it had an attitude like, huh, I'm apex predator here, and you're nothing, so I'm just going. Yeah. You know, it took its time. I came back the next day with a full team, and we measured where I thought the top of this creature's head was on the stop sign. Stop sign, the uh, the length of the of the metal that went up, uh, it's eight feet tall. Uh, what we measured was seven feet seven inches. Gotcha. That's what we measured from where I thought it it hit on that stop sign. So I'm, we're talking about something that I estimate 650 pounds, seven feet seven inches tall, and nothing like I've ever seen before. I knew what werewolves look like from books and from movies and stuff. I've never seen a dog man. I didn't even know what the term dog man was back yeah. in 2013. But uh, you can bet that I delved into the books and yep. I did find dog man sooner or later. And uh, it took several years, but I did finally find the North American dog man project. And I uh, contacted Jody cook and, you know, history is from there. I mean, he, asked me to be the region three director, you know, after we've got to know each other for a while. And, you know, that's where I am now. But uh, since that day, I have been investigating dogman sightings and uh, reports of dogman throughout the country. It's the reports of dogman are all over the place. Uh, United States more so than Canada. But yes, Canada has some some reports over there, too. How many reports do you uh, reckon you get a month? A month, let me see, a, a week, I am now, in the beginning, it was like it would percolate in one to three a week. Uh, now it's anywhere from uh, 12 to 20 a week. So in a month's time, I'm getting a, a, a minimum of 70, 80 reports. How many do you get from Tennessee, if you mind me asking? I've gotten, I just got one the other day from Tennessee also. Yeah, uh, I've reports <laughs> from Tennessee, yeah. Um, I'd have to check it, to be honest with yeah. you, but I probably get maybe four reports, five reports a month from there. Yeah. The Kentucky, yeah, Tennessee noticed, area. Yeah, I've noticed uh, in Tennessee, like uh, a lot of reports and people have been talking about, like, you're seeing a lot more dogman here, I've noticed. Yeah, it's so weird all the stuff is starting to pick up, because to me, from my understanding, like the Wendigo and dogman are two things that have more so been, at least from my, my, my studies, like more up north than in the south um yeah and, and a little bit more out west but here recently it seems like we're getting more of this stuff like like a lot more and well I, what to that speak means. on that why we're getting it because i've been asked that question by many of my members and they're going like why the heck are they coming to my area and then after questioning them about their area i found the answer well, at least one to that that satisfies me they're doing building. They're building uh, businesses. They're building homes, townhouses. And if you're doing that, you're knocking down forest area. You're disturbing. Pushing them out of their home. Yeah, you're pushing them out of their homes. And what did, what do they want? They want shelter, number one. They Ooh. want water, number two. And they want food. Okay. Yep. So the shelter you're taking from them. And what they're doing is they're gravitating towards, towards rivers and streams which is where a lot of people have told me, you know, once I've questioned them, they've said, yeah, you're right. There is a river right there. 
you know, or there is a stream right there and there's plenty of deer, rabbit, um, you know, they'll go after coyote also. I mean, cause they're faster. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, whatever, if they have to eat, they're going to eat. So that's the reason why I found that out. I mean, I have a, a buddy of mine down in uh, Texas. He has a, a uh, I, I want to call it a farm, but I guess he doesn't really do too much farming there. He and his wife have like a, a ranch and um, he's had a lot of disturbances in down in Texas from Dogman recently. And we figured it out the same way. Uh, they're doing construction. They're ripping up, uh, you know, different areas and they're, they're coming by his house. He's have a lot of juvenile dogmen come by. They're very curious. So, you know, he's out there and his wife, they, Luckily, they carry all the time, and they're very, very well aware, you know, of what's going on out there. Yeah, that's but, good, man. But, you know, what you were mentioning, Wendigo, um, that's something else that I, I have studied quite a bit. And it's basically Wendigo reports that I get are up in the northeast and specifically the eastern section of Canada. That's where the majority of reports I've gotten for Wendigo sightings. And it's not something that people really want to talk about too much, you know, from that area. I've spoken to many people from the uh, First Nation. That's the uh, Canadian, the native Native Indians to Canada. And they'll, they're pretty open. They're pretty open and speak about things like that. Whereas uh, the Native American Indians are not very open. No, well, at least to me, being a, a white man. Yeah. You know, they, they do not want to speak to me about it. And I don't think they want to speak to people about it in general anyway, because it's part of their culture that speaking about a Wendigo or Skinwalker or anything like that is uh, bad luck. And you might bring them upon you. Yeah. Kind of grabbing their attention. Yeah. Well, no, I, I kind of believe that because I believe a lot of this stuff is supernatural. And, and in that realm, like, it, it's just crazy what travels around because um, it's completely different reality. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Have you noticed any sort of this weird, uh, you know, dog man, Wendigo? Um, I know, uh, crap, I know, like, Skinwalker and stuff like that. A lot of it's hotter when it's around, um, like, Native American lands. Right. Uh, if, ha have you noticed that any of your reviews or has it been, like, mainly people out on farms or people even in town? That well, that is that is a question that I always ask. I say, do you have any uh, graveyards around where you had this sighting? And then after we establish that, it's like, what kind of graveyards? Uh, are they Native American graveyards? Because it's been found, at least through the research that I've done and speaking with people throughout the country now, I'm not just talking about me staying here in New Jersey. I mean, I, I traveled out there and I've spoken to many people and they've, they've noticed that Dogman kind of, uh, I'm not using the word haunts for paranormal reasons, but haunts the Native American graveyards, almost like they're the protectors of the Native Americans who have passed away throughout the, uh, the centuries. And uh you know, like Texas is a big place for that, where they have a lot of reports of dogmen out near Native American graveyards. So it's that that's I mean, they're, they're not just near graveyards, by the way, or, you know, cemeteries and the like. 
but I, I do have a majority of reports from there. Wow. So uh, that that kind of reminded me, there was um, a girl I I dated a man over a decade ago, and she did a lot of supernatural uh, supernatural type things, but she also she can see a lot of weird things too. Right. But um, have you heard of a? I believe it's pronounced as a wampus cat. Wampus, yes. Yeah, she said she came across one of those, and and the thing was freaking terrifying, like oh. crazy terrifying. But I mean, and she she's one though. She would kind of dabble into some of the stuff and play right. around with this, and she would even let things possess her at times. Um, oh my god! But dude, it's crazy. Like I I said on the podcast like years or not years ago, uh, months ago, whenever I was interviewing myself. I witnessed several several possessions, but it wasn't until hers. Like I literally started seeing wrinkles form around her eyes and her boat. And, and I don't think the bone structure changed, but it seems like the skin would almost uh, mold into someone else's. Like it was freaking creepy. And then her eyes forming. Like, yeah. Hey, we want to hear your creepy stories. If you have any creepy experiences you'd like to share, contact Drewski and I at CryptoWarfare at gmail.com. Simply put in the headline what your story is about, then write out a brief summary and hit send. It's that easy. Oh, and if you're not much of a writer, email us a voice message. What's going on, guys? This is Drewski. Want to hit us up or look at uh, anything that we're throwing out there with our podcast? Look us up on Instagram, encrypted underscore warfare, and you'll find me and Z over there loading up our podcasts. And not only that, you guys will look at our titles up on top, and you can click on it. You can find us on Spotify and on Anchor. And then when you guys go on there, hit the like, hit the subscribe button on there. Also, on a side note, guys, I got a little side biz. Um, I tag up art for cryptids and stuff. You probably heard me on the Tony Merkel podcast. Instagram page is Drew's Tags. It's D R E W Z underscore T A G G Z. You guys want a painting? Hit me up. I can do almost about anything. And the crazy part was, was like, uh, I mean, a roommate was there with us, but her roommate was used to this kind of stuff. But me, oh. no. I was literally recording the whole thing. I didn't expect this. Like, I, just, I thought it was going to be like some weird flickering of the candle, playing around with this demonic stuff. Um, I'm like, oh, what's the worst that can happen? Being ignorant and dumb um, and seeing that. And it really sucked, like, because I had the actual evidence. And that's one of those things, like, I literally have no idea what happened to my camera. But then again, this is like 15, golly, time flies, like 15 years ago now. Well, it's a good thing you, uh, you know, got a different girlfriend after that. <laughs> dude it was so crazy man like she i know she would she hexed me and all this crap like dude it was <laughs> so crazy that the stuff i dealt with after that relationship and getting away from that and then any problems then, after that uh no it was in that house and going through that experience it actually led me to christ and like it was so hard like after i became a christian like in that it, it was such a weird experience um the paranormal activity uh, when nobody was home would definitely pick up around me i'll start seeing shadows in the corner of my eyes um it would feel like i don't know there were these forces that were like literally trying to strangle my whole body it felt like a python trying to suck the like squeeze the life out of me mm. and it was so hard it was like walking through quicksand it was so I, I don't know if that's a good metaphor but like it was really it was so odd and um like yeah i i I slept in a dip because we used to like sleep in the in the same bed together as a couple and stuff like that. And then after I'm like, I don't want to I don't I really don't want to be around you, but I didn't know anybody in town. So I'm like, well, I'm going to sleep in like the dining room. I literally slept on the floor for, man, like eight months. Um, And 
it, it was it was crazy. Like the stuff I dealt dealt with there, and it was so bad. Like um, the pastor, when I'd get to know him and built the relationship, he worked third shift at a an athletic club here in town, and I would literally didn't have a car, um, so I'd bike back and forth to both my restaurant jobs, um, 60 plus miles a week, and I would pull like 12 to 14 plus hour shifts, um, and then I would go there and spend like hours a night because I I just didn't want to go home. Like, oh man, dude, it's freaking crazy, man. And then I know, and, 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 and seeing all that and watching things move around and seeing her, like her roommate was possessed. Like it was terrifying, like certain things she would do and how she would act. Oh, it was really uncomfortable. But yeah, we were talking about Dogman being around, um, you know, graveyards yeah. and then a, a wampus cat. Yeah. They, they also are protectors, I believe. Gotcha. Yeah. And another thing is uh, in reference to them being around, you know, cemeteries, graveyards, um, like my encounter was on former Lenape Indian land. Um, and a lot of people that I've taken their reports from, uh, they'll tell me, yeah, this was former Native American land. Well, technically it's all former Native American land, but I mean, yeah. where they actually settled, you know, for a long time and they weren't just chased off their land or, or had their land taken over by the government or anything like that. It's like, yeah, this was a, an area where a tribe settled and were there for, you know, many, many decades. Uh, you'll, you'll find out that, you know, these days that that's where a lot of the sightings happened. It's not where only where the sightings happened, but yeah, I, I, I do get a lot of, of sightings. Once you dig into the history, you'll find out, yeah, it was former native American. So but also there's there's other theories out there like <clears throat> for Sasquatch, you know, along with Dogman, it's like, did they get here via portals? Mm. Or is it possible that uh UFOs have dropped them off here? Or yeah. are they the aliens that are that are here? Are they uh forward soldiers for the aliens just to check us out to see what kind of uh de- defenses we have? Uh, if so, I guess they've abandoned them, you know, because not too much yeah. going on. That's why they're so angry at us. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, there's, there's not really a lot of them throughout the earth. Uh, and whatever plan they may have had, if that was the plan, it's, it's sort of, you know, sort of gone by the wayside at this point. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not unopen to the fact that they could. Uh, be using portals to transfer themselves from this dimension to another dimension, uh, especially with Sasquatch. I mean, people have seen them one second and then the next second they're gone. And there's no reasonable explanation of how they did it. You know, yeah, I've, also, I've also heard like cloaking as well. Well, cloaking is one thing, but what about the footprints? Exactly. Yeah. All of a sudden they're just gone. I mean, you know, you're following... You're following footprints. I mean, I've been on many a, a Bigfoot hunt, and we're following footprints, and all of a sudden, there's no more. That's it. It's gone. Yeah. Where did they go? You can cloak, and you could look the same as the rest of the though. forest, but God, where's where's the footprints? Yep. You know that, and and you're telling me an eight foot uh, squatch that weighs maybe uh, twelve hundred pounds is going to climb up that skinny tree over there that it was next to? I don't know. <laughs> that tree's going to break. Yeah. 
Well, I, I remember, uh, I don't know if it was, I know, uh, I mean, it was a long time ago when I went through the book Skinwalker Ranch. Um, but it was interesting, like, they would say they would be like um, Sasquatch type creatures and they would have the builds, but they were normally like out in the distance. But there would be skeptics after the this farmer sold the land because it kept these, I don't know, creatures kept killing off his cattle. And and these are like, and for those who don't know Skinwalker Ranch, like this was, th- these were pri- prize winning cattle. So they were really expensive and they would die quite often. Um, his, his dog was even killed by like, like a UFO. Like um, anyway, and there was all that activity. So we sold it to this scientific, I forgot what it was called, but Some yeah. government. Yeah. And then th- they brought all its equipment. So it's crazy that they, they would see like a portal, like literally manifest. And it, it's interesting because I remember back at um when the Sasquatch event, I never thought about this, but uh, when I think it was a husband sharing his testimony or something, and he and his wife were laying in bed, and then there was like a a, a, um, a dogman that literally just uh, phased um, just at the foot of his bed, and he pulled out his gun, he shot it like several times, and then just phased back out. I'm like, I never, I never really thought about that. And I'm like, I don't, how in the world does that work? Like. <laughs> If so, I, I want some. Like, <laughs> I'd love to just phase to work if I need to. Well, the thing about Skinwalker Ranch, I mean, <clears throat> I've also heavily researched that, and I hope to go there someday with a team. No, definitely. Um, Ooh, sign us up, man. What, let's oh, yeah. have, go well, do The two. thing about Skinwalker Ranch is, well, number one, underneath it, there's a lot of nickel in yeah. that area. And nickel, as you know, is magnetic. And that's going to affect the human body and the human mind. Cause you know, a lot of times when you're watching the show, these guys are looking through the caves and the caverns and, and suddenly they start getting dizzy and guys got to get taken to a hospital. <clears throat> this is on the Skinwalker ranch property. Uh, something I want to draw to your attention is that many, many, many people, and I, I don't think anybody has not reported this actually. That's what I really should be saying. Hmm. Uh, anybody that's been to Skinwalker ranch, has had um, hitchhikers, you know, in other words, paranormal spirits come back with them. Yeah. And they'll go home, including those scientists that show up on the show. Uh, They've reported having independent reporting, by the way, at first. Anyway, nowadays they they ask everybody. But uh, you had some government people that went there. And the one lady who was there, she, she was a doctor. And she brought back to her home a spirit, a malevolent spirit, you know, and it was kind of spooky for her. Yep. They attached themselves. Yep. All of them, you know, so they, the hitchhiker effect right there, they're bringing them back from the ranch to their homes and to their family. And these people had a lot of problems. I mean, it's not written a lot about it, but there are several books out there, you know, uh, chronologizing all of the things that have happened to people that have been out there. So beware of what you want to do because, you know, you might want to go out there, but yeah, then you got to come home sooner or later. Yeah, a lot of that stuff happened to me when I did a lot of paranormal, uh, like, investigations and stuff going out to these places. And uh, I would literally watch shadows move around my room. Um, right. And, and, and yeah, I mean, we were by a road. There were trees. So, yeah, there would be weird shadows and shapes because of that. But, I mean, these are solid forms that would not uh, – shift their face they would still be, be like a solid mass but as if they were stuck in the wall and moving around and it was just so weird like um here a while back when was it it was early this year um i was excited because the guy who um owned stardust ranch he finally the book finally came out i think i've been looking forward to that for like a year and a half and 
it's crazy. So many of the stories that he shared in there. There was one too. It was a doppelganger of his wife. I don't know if you, you read it, but like at, they had to go out of town and his wife did something in the gut. I think she still does work for the government, but he was like a horse guy. Um, horse so that's, trainer. Yeah, horse trainer. So, so that's what he mainly focused on. Anyway, he took his wife out like an hour away. And then by the time he got to the restaurant, he was sitting at the table with his wife. And then he got a call and it, it was his wife's number. And she said, why did you leave me at home? And he's like, wait. And but and at that point, his wife, who was sitting ahead of him uh, from the table, she actually got up just before his wife called and said, I need to go to the bathroom. Never came back. Yes. And she never came back. And like it, it's it's just eerie. Like they yeah. had full conversations, but he knew something was off. But he said I, I, and I'm like, it's so interesting, like how, uh, yeah, that stuff can latch on to you. But it's so weird how it can take on the form of like a loved one. Um, a physical form, because he said, you know, he, he held her hand, he hugged her, like, <laughs> also, I don't know. It also kind of leads into, like, you know, there's there's two different things. You actually you actually have demon possession, and then you got demon oppression, you know, something that just attaches itself to you. Just, it just, uh, just, it just reminded me of that. But anyways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's one interesting place, weird place, too. They've got so much going on there. I mean, they've got cryptids, they've got aliens. Yeah. Uh, they've got the paranormal. I mean, you name it, they have it over there. It's like the Las Vegas of, of all that. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, know. I went out west for, for my 10-year anniversary, and man, my wife definitely wouldn't be down for this. <laughs> but I'm like, I kind of wanted to go cryptid hunting. Yeah. Um, but no, we ended up just going hiking in, you know, around a heavily populated populated areas. Um, they, so, so what is the earliest documented uh, case you have or that you know of um above like a dog man or another kind of cryptid who's like a really well-known one well they've had them in egypt you know for going back thousands and thousands of years but if you want to talk about the united states i think about that because i've never heard of many out the united states um i guess it was 1781 these two um guys who worked for a logging company uh, had a report and it was published in the newspaper for the town that they were in up in Michigan. Uh, They were the last two after the rest of the loggers, you know, kicked off for the day. They were just doing the cleanup and uh, there was a dog man sighting by one of them right there. Uh, And so that that was eight, that was 1781. Yeah. That's in the Michigan area. Uh, and since then, I mean, it's just exploded. People have reported it left and right all over the place. Uh, you will have more, uh, Sasquatch reports in California, but yeah, there are dogman reports up there. Uh, tense dogman reports, I guess they tend to cluster towards the, the center of the country and then moving off to the, uh, Eastern part also. Uh, but as I've known since uh, I started into all this. Uh, Dogman and Sasquatch don't play well together at all. No, so they don't. I guess they have their separate areas, just like, just like LBL, for instance. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky part will have Dogman more so than Sasquatch, and Tennessee area will have, you know, more Bigfoot Sasquatch type of uh, of reports. So it's like they, I guess they tend to stay away from each other if they can. Yeah. You ever had um. Upon your investigations, you ever had any close calls? Uh, a close call with uh, with what we thought was a Sasquatch. 
Uh, we were out of state and actually it's still under investigation. Uh, we have to go back there. We're, we're, we're speaking with the people who have them allow us to go across their land again. Um, anyway, we, we used their land to cross and go into the forest area. Uh, must have been seven miles in total off of, you know, from civilization. And all of a sudden we're hearing, it sounded like a locomotive just smashing through the forest coming our way. Yeah. And everybody set up. There's seven of us. We all set up. Uh, rifles out, pointing towards that way. And we're hearing trees getting knocked down. And, and guys are looking at each other saying, what the heck is this? You know, could it be a 1,200-pound, you know, warthog or something coming, running at us, bashing down trees? And, I mean, you could actually hear the stomping. And it was headed our way, absolutely headed our way. Um, what we did was three of us got out bear spray. Uh, everybody else was in the back covering. We stepped up to the front. And as this thing is coming closer and closer, the three of us let out with the bear spray. Now, mind you, the bear spray we use, it shoots out in a conical spray. Yeah. As opposed to a pepper spray that people shoot that, you know, is a stream. Yeah. So a conical spray, three, you can get seven, seven second shots out of these, out of the bear spray. And it shoots out as far as 36 feet. Three of us stayed there and on the word, we shot and just kept going. We just emptied the cans. Yes, kept dumping it. Yeah. We just dumped it out there and it went into the forest area, went through the, uh, the wooded area, the trees, the bushes, everything. And, we heard this thing coming and coming and kept coming. And then suddenly, boom, it stopped. And then we heard something that was retracting from there. So it never actually came out. And that I'm going to tell you guys, the sound that it sounded like a freight train coming at us. Yeah. Whatever the heck this was, I don't know, but it, I don't think it was a dog, man, but from reports I've taken and one report I took that was up in upstate New York that, I gave over to Jeremiah Fountain, Fountain because he's the, the Sasquatch guy. Uh, I went up there on a dogman report, and this turned out to be a Sasquatch uh, 15 feet tall. <laughs> from the pictures that the lady took, the eyes were 15 feet up, and we measured from the bottom of a tree where the, the pictures were taken from her house to where this tree was. To, to a section on the tree that I identified, it's 15 feet. Now, there's a couple of famous uh, Bigfoot hunters who have been in Alaska who have reported 15-foot. Oh, yeah, I've heard that, yeah. Bigfoot. Now, listen, guys, if you've got a 15-foot squatch, this thing is probably weighing in the area of 3,000 pounds. Yeah. And That's I can't true. imagine the bone density on these things. We're no longer talking three, four inches thick around. We're talking, you know, five, six inches thick around. And the fire, I'm going to be honest with you, the firepower we had was 308s and 10 millimeter pistols. That's not going to do too much to something that's 3,000 pounds, 15 feet tall. You know, if a gun or a 50 cal. <laughs> 50 cal, yeah. <laughs> 50 cal, but we didn't have that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we did do our due diligence up there. We told the lady, you don't have dog, man. You do have a Sasquatch. We found out that she was gifting food 
And that's a no-no <laughs> uh, because this thing got pissed at her and ripped up her garbage area, which was posts that were, you know, four by fours into the ground, 42 yeah, inches. Because in upstate New York, the frost line is 42 inches. Whatever this was, pulled four by fours out of the ground and just destroyed that whole area on the side of her house. 42 inches down. Now, you guys good. heard of uh, trees upside down into yeah. the yep. ground? Yeah, that's crazy. Well, I guess that's where we get this from. Yeah. You get a pissed off squatch or something that's <laughs> that went a little, you know, crazy, got a little mad. But uh, that night we got out of there. It was about 1.30 in the, in the morning, and we spoke to her. We spread around um, cayenne, red cayenne pepper throughout her property, around her house, um, on her back porch, her windows, uh, any sills that were outside. And we told her, do not put food out anymore. But uh, the problem was she was away for four days and hadn't put food out. And that's why I guess the uh, whatever it was ripped up that garbage area, her garbage pen area, you know, fencing and all, everything just came right out. Oh yeah, he was mad. <laughs> the cayenne pepper, did, did they just not like the smell of it? Well, it's gonna if it annoys, if you have a nose and eyes and a throat, if it's gonna oh, annoy most things, most living things, uh, it's gonna annoy that too. It's they're not gonna like it. Let's put it that way. Oh, perfect. You put put an apple out there and you put cayenne pepper all over it and it eats the apple. It's going to not like it too much. It's going to make it, you know. I'm just curious. I mean, the the Scoville heat units in in this stuff is is, is really far up there. Do you think uh, think a CS gas would work? CS gas canisters? You know what? I've seen guys, because we've been bombed. Yeah. You know, in, in all of our training, we've we've been bombed by CS and CN. Yeah. Remember, one affects you through your mouth and, and your, your eyes and your nose, and one goes all the way into your lungs. And we've been hit by a both, and I've seen guys walk through that. Yeah. And and start cursing at the instructor saying, you know, what are you trying to do to us here? You know, what the hell's going on? And and they're just standing looking at them, yelling at them. Uh, you know, just being pissed off, wasting their time. And the rest of us, we've got snot hanging six, seven inches down our, you know, coming out our nose and we're yeah. burning to death. I, I, I don't know if that would affect them as much as something natural, like, like the, I mean, some of the bear spray has what? 4 million Scoville heat units of, yeah. of pepper in it. So that's, that's, that's really good. I mean, you've guys eaten, um, you know, Mexican food, right? That, that had hot stuff yeah. in it or, or possibly Thai food. You ever eat a Thai pepper? Oh, oh man. man, I couldn't. A Thai pepper is this big. You put that in your mouth and it's got like a million Scoville heat units in it. It burns. It's going to burn coming out. Yeah. <laughs> ghost, ghost pepper is even worse. I mean, that stuff is bad. Go to your Buffalo Wild Wings and ask them for some ghost pepper and see what happens. Oh, Woo. no. I have to go to Sonic and get some of that ice <laughs> yeah. just to sit on it. <laughs> Man, I got to tell you, you better have water with you because you, you got to flush that out. So backtracking to um, Alaska, have you ever heard about the tribe, apparently, that's still living out there that's been killing um, some people off? Well, they've they've got that port that they uh, abandoned. 
they used to have a um oh god i'm trying to remember what the name of that is now port um hmm it's it's on the west coast of alaska and it was a uh a town that they opened up and they put a fishery over there and it's now totally abandoned. And I think they were taking the, the, the Bigfoot's um, food, you know, by, by sucking up all the fish into the uh, fishery, you know, the cannery over there. And when people would go out into the woods, they would never come back. It seems, you know, if they went X amount of, uh, you know, feet into the wooded area. So, yeah. Um, mm. I'm having a moment here, guys. I, I read so much, I can't remember the name of that. Oh, yeah. I did the same thing. Let's see. Darn. Trying to look it up. What about you? There was, um, I, I think it was like during a, a, some sort of gold rush where a friend went out there um, trying to go further into the woods, and he found a really, really good spot. But then something startled him so much, he didn't go back. Oh, yeah. Um, Portlock, Alaska. Portlock, that's it. Yeah. That yeah. Was- Thank you. That is a hard name. <laughs> like, I mean, that, that place is amazing. I've seen pictures of it, and <clears throat> it's, it's like, unbelievable. Nobody left. They just all got out of there. Yeah, they did. Yeah, matter of fact, I forgot where I heard that at, but I'll listen to a podcast. They were talking about that, you know, like people would end up missing. You know, they would go out for break or, you know, go, go up to the wood line, and then people wouldn't just, you know, people wouldn't just, like, return. They wouldn't even come back. And yeah. Next thing you know, every, everybody just left in a hurry. It's it's uh, you know I guess it's a, it's one of those things where they really pissed off the uh, the cryptid out there and or cryptids, <laughs> and they just tore them up and took them away. That was the end of it. Yeah. Uh, there hasn't been very much uh, police investigation into what happened out there either, from the records that I've been through anyway. You know yeah. what is available. There's they just ignored it. They yeah. said, okay, you don't want to be out there? You don't have to be out there. I can't understand why not. Yeah, sometimes I think they know more than, you know, than what they tell us. Yeah. Um, whenever you and your team go out and investigate, what size of caliber guys do you guys bring? I know you said 10 millimeter. That's for the pistols, and they're 200 grain uh, bullets. Yeah. Uh, solid core bullets, not hollow points. You want to yeah. be able to pierce. And, uh, 308 is the caliber that we use for the rifles. And what we're basing that on is that it is the equipment that we have, you know, that we have at work and we're allowed to bring our equipment out because we use it as a training exercise. Mm-hmm. People say to me, how do you get a team of seven guys out there that are armed? And I says, well, it's simple. We get we get the transportation, everything through our company because I am the training officer, number one. I'm one of the training officers. And number two, we need to get training. And training in a forest area is, you know, something you could take off your taxes, I guess, for the company. <laughs> so that's how we get it. We get the transportation. Uh, we get the vehicles we need. and A 308, but a, once again, a 200-grain bullet because we look at it this way. If it could take down... A grizzly bear and you know grizzlies can go eight feet tall and they're gigantic uh it'll probably do some damage to a dog man yeah especially uh, if you take one down and uh and if the sasquatch isn't 15 feet tall for crying out loud 
I don't know how many times people come across something like that. Generally, they come across eight, nine, ten feet tall ones, but fifteen feet, my God. Yeah, I think you're better off just doing hip shots on it, and hopefully you take it down that way. That way, it's immobile. But still, God. Well, if you can, the uh, the inner thigh, you know, where the uh, where hope supposedly they're going to have uh, you know, blood flow there that that you can hit. So you know, if you can make them bleed out and or drop them, if you can hit it, because that is that's an even smaller target than a head. Yep. You know, we're talking about knees here and. And arteries, if you can hit an artery, that's all good and fine. But, you know, even a human, it's going to take 45 seconds to bleed out if, yeah. you, if you hit a proper artery. You know, in that time, they could be on top of you and do damage. That's a lot of time, too, 45 seconds. And you guys got to remember, things like, oh, yeah. once again, a grizzly bear, a 1,200-pound grizz, <clears throat> it can go from zero to 50 miles an hour in like five seconds i mean do you realize something that big coming at you that's fast yeah that is fast and this is proven yeah you can go on on the internet and and look that up and and people have videotape of a grizzly bear chasing a deer and it's hitting the speed of 50 miles an hour that's crazy you know a cheetah can get up to 70 but of course, we don't have any in the United States. But still, I mean, that's that's crazy speed, guys. That is crazy. Yeah, I agree. Man, so uh, what kind of advice? Because um, I know there are a lot of curious people, um, and it's not so much ignorance. It's kind of almost like stupidity, wanting to go out in the woods, hang out with friends, um, just do things that aren't safe. Like, um, and I don't know. This guy came to mind, but he he's. I know he's one of like I guess the leads or whatever he would be for like the BFRO here in Tennessee. I met him a couple years ago, Um, but he said, and I don't know if this has changed or if this is just what uh, or or his process in going to look for squatch. But he said he wouldn't bring firearms because he didn't want to scare him away. Oh yeah, yeah, that's one thing. Yeah, because we asked uh, for us to go along with him, and he's like, "You you can't bring your firearms." I'm like, "Well, you can get, you know, like you can go pound sand. I ain't going." I mean, what about the other things out there? What about mountain lion, bear, uh, coyote, uh, things like that? What about those things? Where you run across, you like, like basically like drifters are living out there. Yeah. What about human uh, predators out there? I mean, yeah. sorry, you know, I want to go. I have a right to go in a forest, but I have a right to come home safely. Yeah, to me, like, yeah, to me, like, I kind of I kind of got the feeling off of him. Like, me and Zick were talking to him. Uh, I got the feeling that he was more of a, um, you're more of like a kinder, gentler, you know, type of investigator. You know, we got yeah. I'm like love offerings. I'm like, no, no, never mind. I'm out. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, sure he's going to give him trinkets and stuff. That's fine. But you know, if he starts leaving like beef jerky and stuff out there and Milky Ways and you know Snicker bars, no. That's like about the worst thing you could do is leave candy out there for Sasquatch. Definitely not something you want to do. That's like giving a three-year-old uh, uh, espresso, you know? Oh, man. Forget about They'll be bouncing off the walls. Bouncing off them trees. <laughs> <laughs> so for somebody who would be interested in going to look for like a dog man or a Wendigo or like a cryptid, what is some um, – who – who though, this is for those who are thick-headed and haven't been listening a lot, but – what is some advice you would give them in going out and actually seeking this stuff? Don't do it. Well, take yeah. a hint from the military first before you go out there. 
get a good pair of binoculars and plan your trip. Number one, watch, look, at, look at the area from the road. Number two, with your binoculars, make sure, you know, and every hundred feet stop, get your binoculars and scan and always look up, always look up because what could be in that tree is uh, um, mountain lions. They can jump 14 feet from a, a standstill. They, they, they might be in the tree. Uh, you might have spiders. You might have snakes in the trees. I, I mean, wolf spiders that are yay big, you know? <clears throat> um, so that's number one. Plan your trip. Go with other people. Don't go by yourself, please. I mean, three is a minimum. I would say more than three, definitely. Let somebody or many people know that you're going and where you're going. <clears throat> Bring with you bear spray, and everybody that goes should have at least one bear spray. Uh, if you're comfortable with it, take firearms. Uh, hopefully, you know how to use the firearms. Uh, get yourself some sort of uh, fail-safe to contact the outside world if somebody does get attacked by some kind of a creature, any creature. Uh, like I said, the, you know, you've got these uh, iridium satellite type warning systems that you can, that you can purchase out there. And all you got to do is hit a little button and they'll send out a rescue squad for you. Uh, definitely take water uh, more than you need. Definitely take food and take shelter unless you know how to build a shelter, in which case you should have some sort of a, uh, a knife with you that's suitable to cut up wood in order to make shelter. Because, you know, un unlike most people, I, I do know the, the fact that the number one thing you need when you're in a situation out there and you can't get back home, the first thing you need is shelter. You don't need water. You need shelter. That's number one. Yeah. Number two is, is water. Number three is food. So if anything, a way to make shelter and, uh, you know, some enough water, you don't need the food that much, but after three days, you're, you're going to be in dire straits without the water. Um, I have things I bring with me. I don't know. Did you guys say we're going to be on video or not? No. No. Uh, okay. Well, I'll show you guys, but oh, this, yeah. this little thing here. <laughs> all right. I mean, it's super bright. Okay, yeah. and I would bring it, I bring this with me, I bring a lot of other things with me. I have a stainless steel mirror that I keep in my pocket here, my breast pocket. Uh, it's like a three by four. You can signal with the sun or any kind of light. <clears throat> you definitely need more than one flashlight. The old adage, two is one, one is none. I'd stay, I would say take three with you, each person. So besides the bear spray and some kind of a, firearm to protect you i would take that uh and you you really have to plan your field investigation yeah you want to look on the ground for footprints you want to look at the trees for uh, claw marks uh but the thing is you also you got to be aware self-awareness out there you, you have to have situational awareness you do need to look up at all times because you don't know what's in those trees and you do have to have a plan. What happens if you do come upon a Sasquatch or a Dogman? I mean, by some freak of fate, you sneak up upon one and you you see it. Okay, I hope you have your camera with you. <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> take that picture. It might be the last picture you ever take, you know, and hopefully when they find your remnants, you know, if they're friendly enough for, or maybe they're not friendly to the cryptid, you know, they'll see what, what got you. But, you know, make sure you take certain items with you if you're out there in the, in the forest area. Uh, you know, space blankets. They've also got the uh, space tents. They're very light. They weigh under a pound. Uh, they can hold two people, you know, two people for body warmth right together and take a space blanket with you. you have a first aid kit. I don't mean band-aids and, and a couple of aspirin. I'm talking about a real first aid kit. Like a blowout kit. Yeah. You know, yeah. If you can get a blowout kit, that'll be fine. Or have somebody explain to you what a blowout kit is. Uh, <laughs> say you're out in the forest area and somebody takes you for an animal and they shoot you. You know, from a distance, you accidentally get shot by a hunter. Then what? They're yep. not going to come over and say, oh, did I kill you? Did I shoot you? Oh, my God. You know, they're probably going to run the other way once they realize they shot a human. You know, so you've got to take care of yourself for that person that that you're with that got shot at that point. Um, I would wear boots, not sneakers or flip flops. Oh, my God, guys, I've seen people. <laughs> I've, I've had my full team take out a 10-person uh, a uh, tag-along research group. And some of the people, what they showed up in were low-cut sneakers, flip-flops without socks. One, one lady came by, and she said she's one with nature. She had no shoes at all. <laughs> You know, I wear boots and I also wear Kevlar gaiters. Yeah. Kevlar gaiters, because if a snake is going to shoot out, it's going to hit about four to five inches off the ground. Now, my boots are uh, a little bit higher than that, and the gaiters go all the way up to my knees, and they're made out of Kevlar. So I've got a better chance of not getting hit by the venom than uh, that lady with no shoes and the one with the flip flops. Wild. And one of the guys came there with flip-flops. He was about, he was out of shape. Let's put it that way. Uh, 300 and something pounds and five foot seven. He was out of shape. And I guess he just thought it was a nice day in the woods. We'd go in 50, 60 feet, have a picnic and come back out. But um, three of them didn't go with us that day. So we were down to seven people. And, you know, after the first mile, everybody was complaining a lot. You know, oh, it's too hot out here. We're sweating. That is one thing I've told a lot of people. Like, you know a lot about a person when you take them out in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, I had a backpack on. It's 45 pounds. Yeah. You know, I've got ammo with me. I've got <laughs> reloads. Uh, I don't want to give too much away what we do out there, but, you know, I've got enough. And I mean, we're talking about, you know, quite a bit of weight and these people had maybe backpackers or maybe a bottle of water with them and they were complaining and it, it went up into the high eighties that day and they were sweating. We went another mile and we had to turn back and they just barely made it. So the total, they got four miles of walking in that day and it was kind of rough. So Hopefully, dress dress appropriately if you're going to go out on a field investigation. That's what I would say. Yeah, man. So this uh, popped into my mind like 30 minutes ago, and I'm like, I need to ask you. But SCP, 
like scp foundation yeah like do you believe that's bs or do you think like it's actual like some of it could be legit these these weird whatever whatever they are (laughs) well you know a lot of these foundations uh i hate to say it i mean and they advertise on television a lot of foundations um they ask you for money but you got to remember it's been reported in the newspapers and these people have been taken to court who run these foundations they pay themselves $150,000 a year you know and the rest of that money you know what do they do they pay the other people too you know that work for them and by the time it percolates out to what the whole purpose of the group was all about nothing really gets done so a lot of times it's uh you know it's a phony thing you know that's all i can say about it I, i've seen it many times it's advertised on television day in and day out. And a lot of these places are just phony. It's just a money-making thing for these people. Um, you'll notice I'm not mentioning names and anything like that. I I don't want to get people in trouble and I don't want to get myself in trouble. But I'm telling you, it's my opinion. Yeah. And my opinion is borne out by the fact that it's been reported in the newspapers, on the internet, and in the court systems where these people are taken to court because they defrauded people out of money and they didn't use, you know, the, also the IRS takes them to court because they're saying that they're a, you know, uh, they're not the kind of foundation that's supposed to be making money. So therefore they're exempt, they're tax exempt. Well, once they're taken to court for one thing, then the IRS comes in and nails them for the money. You know, so I don't know. A lot of these places are just phony. Yeah, man. Uh, we'll have to have you back on um, sometime in the future so they can put a face to the voice. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. My, my background stuff here that I collected here and there, left and right. And so I've, I've even got my own, uh, so my own action figure. I literally I was looking at it. <laughs> Most of the time I just kept looking over at that. I'm like, that kind of looks like Nick. Actually, there's two different types. This is one uh with the sleeves rolled up, and then this one has sleeves down, and this one's more muscular. This is more like me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what's the story? <laughs> and I've got uh got my mugs that I made for my people, and and I'm I'm truly nonprofit because I lost from all these. They wanted me to make stuff for them, you know, patches, mugs, and shirts, and and the like. And I don't charge them any more than I pay for it, you know, plus the shipping, and that's it. Because uh, there's no money making in cryptozoology, and I don't want to do it anyway. I make enough on my own, uh, quite a bit on my own, so I'm fine. And all my money for travel and expenses that I, anytime I go out on my own, uh, comes out of my own pocket. You know, that's how it is. But uh, if let's say if someone like wants to volunteer and you guys like vet them um, for the NADP, how do you guys go about that? Well, I'm, I would have to for I can speak for, for my own region because uh, I run region three and region five and the International Dogman Project. And they're based out of Finland, by the way. Um, I'm going to vet the person. I want to see what kind of background they have. Uh, like I said, like that gentleman who came with the flip-flops and he was, you know, five, seven and 300 plus pounds. 
I don't think he's going to last. I'm going to tell him what we do. I'm going to show him where we've went. Yeah, I'm going to tell him like we, we go into forest areas that are 120 mi square miles and we're going to go in six, seven, eight, 10, 20 miles. Sometimes we might decide that it's worth it to stay overnight. So we'll pitch camp, you know, so if they're willing to do that and they've got the skills and they've got any sort of investigation, uh, investigative skills rather and, and background that that's fine, but I'm going to have to vet them out totally. Uh, we can't have an, an anchor coming with us when we go out there. They'll get the protection of a seven-man group, yes. But if you're coming out there with us, like we had this one uh, research team come out, they were very good. They were very uh, well-prepared. They all had their backpacks loaded up. They had uh, tape measures. They had rulers. They had the, uh, the plaster of Paris, extra water. Um, they had their cameras, uh, all kinds of stuff in order to do proper research while they're out there. And, and all these people used to meet at least three times a week to do a three mile hike. Granted it was in the, in the, on the sidewalks in their neighborhoods, but at least I got to give them credit. They did work out. So, you know, that worked out fine with us. Yeah. So you guys mainly, if you guys take all these research groups, you guys are mainly kind of like the security and like weapons uh, liaison form. Well, when I go out there, I'm going out there to research myself. I'm I'm, gotcha. I'm also doing I'm doing the boots on the ground, looking around for for stuff that people have reported to us. Yeah. I uh, we went up to um, north of the Poconos in Pennsylvania. We've been up there twice, and we trailered two gators, uh, six wheel gators up there because there's seven of us. And we trailered the gators up there so that we can go through the, the muddy grounds over there where these dogmen were sighted. And we've been up there on two different occasions. Uh, I think it was like five months apart. So it depends on where we're going and what we're doing. You know, every everything's different. Everything's always different. Sometimes yeah. I'm, I don't even travel with the team. I might be traveling with a different team and we have another team out in another state. We've sent teams to... Uh, Oklahoma. We send teams to Arkansas. We've had a team last last year down in Louisiana. Uh, we had a team follow a dogman trail uh, through North Carolina. You know, from the the western portion all the way all the way through North Carolina, all the way to the east coast. Uh, so I mean, you know, we might have three teams out there at once. Depends on what's going on. The yeah. situations they're all different, but. It has to be a viable report, and I will have spoken to the people, and generally, I like to speak to them in person. I mean, if it's not that far away, I'm going to travel there, and I'm going to speak to them face-to-face. -face. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it's going to have to be like we're doing right now, you know, on a video call or on a telephone call. Uh, I, I'm just not going to go with a, um, you know, you wrote me a letter, I'm going to come up and investigate it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, people exactly. gotta understand it's it costs a lot of money to transport equipment and seven oh, people. Heck yeah, it does, especially for an operation like that. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I mean, you know, you have to eat, you have to have facilities to you know to take care of everybody, and you gotta rest and mm -hmm. yeah, you know, there's 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 a lot into it, you know, especially if you're a if you're a bigger organization, you can do it. You know, some of these smaller organizations, I guess they get together and I guess they do it a different way than we do it. I'm I'm looking for safety though. I yeah. want to find the information, guys, but I'm looking for the safety of the people that go out there.
Yep, that's number one for sure. But uh, other than that, Nick, um, I appreciate you coming on, man. You got anything else? Yeah, brother. Don't. Like, I think I'm good for a month, and then I'm just going to pound you with more questions. <laughs> <laughs> All like, right. I've learned so much. Like, I'll tell you what, Nick, man, if you're ever in Tennessee, man, you know, just hit us up, man. We'll grab a bite to eat or, you know, or take you out to the range, you know, throw some lead down. Let's do it. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. I'm always up for shooting. I'm down, man. Well, other than that, um, where can people find you at? Well, like, <clears throat> the best way to get in contact with me is through the North American Dogman Project uh, in Facebook and go through Messenger. Uh, that's probably the easiest way. Uh, I'm Region 3 and Region 5. I also run the International Dogman Project, and that's also in Facebook. But if you just hit up, you know, my name on, on in Messenger uh, and send me a message, I'll, I'll answer you. Uh, we have a meta site for the the main, I guess you want to call it the main North American Dogman Project uh, place, uh, which is on there. They But you just have to Google it and it'll come up. Uh, they have a message board on there and several of us are, are on that site and we answer people. You know, it's not a Facebook thing. It's just our uh, .com site and uh, they can contact. But it's easier to contact me through Region 3 and Messenger, you know, on Facebook. It's so much easier that way. Cool. And um, you, you, you stated earlier in the podcast that you're a co-host of a YouTube channel or podcast. What is that? Yeah, I'm I'm, a, I'm now a co-host with Jeremiah Fountain. Um, it's on the trail in search of living legends. And uh, every Sunday we have a guest and we get together with that guest for an hour and a half or so. And we interview them. I mean, all different cryptids, all different subjects, different topics. Uh, and like you, we have to have it. Uh, we, we It's not live. You know, yeah. we have to edit it a little bit and then we'll put it up the next day or two. But that's that's something I've been doing. I know uh, a lot of the people out there like Josh Turner have told me, listen, you need to get on a podcast, your own podcast. I said, look, I can't do that. I just don't have the the time, the facilities. I'd rather be out there. I got you. You know, yeah. you know searching around in the field because that's my first love. Uh, second love is I'm, I'm doing a lot of research. You know, via the internet, via libraries, uh, traveling to other states. I, when I was in Tennessee last time, I went to three different libraries. They were old, old, tiny little libraries. You wouldn't believe what you could find there. Yeah. Uh, I, I look for old bookstores. You know, anything that might have stuff stuff on cryptids. Uh, when I was in Texas, I was looking for stuff on uh, Dogman and also on Thunderbirds. Yeah. You know, and I found this little uh, bookstore. God, the place must have been there for 100 years. It was so old. You walked in the door, the dust fell all over you. I mean, it was something. But I found a book. Yeah, and I bought the thing for 12 bucks. It was it was only maybe a, a six by eight book, maybe 100 pages, but it was worth it. It yeah. was worth every penny because I found some information in there that I was looking for. Uh, I go to libraries and I get their microfilm and their microfiche. I mean, that's another way to do research. Don't just, you know, rely on the internet because yeah. you have on the internet it's cool. not real sometimes yeah. uh you look at newspaper reports from the 17 and 1800s and the early 1900s it's yep. fascinating you wouldn't believe what you find guys you know so you know 
that's that's the way you got to really do research. And if you want to do field investigation, you got to go boots on the ground. You got to get out there. You can't just hang around a park and and go ten feet into the forest area and say, "Oh wow, I got out there." You laugh, but a lot of people do that, and they claim that they're field investigators. It, it's something. Yeah, but if you guys could hang on, I got a couple things for you after you cut the show off. Oh, definitely. That's yeah. Sweet. yeah. Okay. All right on, all right on, Nick, man. Appreciate you. Uh, you guys heard it. Uh, Nick Valente. You guys want to follow him? Check him out on Facebook or a uh, uh, Nash uh, North American Dogman Project. But Nick, man, we appreciate you. Yeah, bro. We hope you had a Thank good Thanksgiving and a Merry Christmas, brother. Yeah. Oh yeah, Merry Christmas. It was it was fun <laughs> being on. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in, and we're out. See ya. Yeah.